It's one of the fastest growing diagnoses in our world today, even though a few decades ago, it was practically non-existent. We especially associate it with kids, but adults as well are labeled with it too. And whatever you might think about how pervasive it actually is in our society, there's no question that it has become part of our, our cultural vocabulary, something that we're all familiar with. I'm talking about what used to be called ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder. Now it's better known as ADHD. Now it's kind of controversial about how rampant it really is, and I don't want to get into that today. But I think it's suggestive of our society, the fact that this is something that has become so well known, that we have a kind of cultural ADD, that our attention throughout society has become attenuated, that we're not able to focus, but instead our, our minds were scatterbrained going here, there, and everywhere. Already decades ago, before the internet, before smartphones, even before TV, a poet by the name of T.S. Eliot, he diagnosed this by saying that we are distracted from distraction by distraction. That sound about right? Distracted from distraction by distraction. We're unfocused and inattentive to the point that even now, marketers and people who work in branding, they'll talk about the attention economy. Have you heard this phrase? the attention economy, with the idea being that the most scarce and valuable resource in our culture today is your attention. Our inability to focus has now underlined the fact that time is money. And if we can get your time, we can get your attention, that has real cash value. Now, why do I bring this up? Today we are commemorating uh, Christian Education Sunday, and this is a day that we set aside each year to focus and to celebrate our educational ministries as a church, even as we are kicking off our year of Sunday school and Bible study and so forth, reflecting on the ways in which we are formed and being formed in God's Word, the way that we study the Scriptures and the way that we learn and grow in His truth individually as believers and, and corporately as a church. And you know, when you talk to teachers today, and parents, and pastors, they'll tell you that one of the greatest challenges they face, if not the greatest challenge, is inattention, a lack of attention. Some of you are struggling with it already right now. <laughs> we can't focus. We're distracted. Our minds are scattered. We're going all over the place. That's why I begin with this focus on attention. Because God himself would call us to attention. It's fitting that our Old Testament reading for today was from Deuteronomy chapter 6, where it starts with God's call to attention. He says, hear, O Israel. In other words, listen up. Pay attention. Pay attention to what I have to say to you. Pay attention to what I'm going to, to tell you. Incidentally, it's something that the Israelites struggled throughout the Bibles. We see it all throughout the Old Testament, especially God's people failing to pay attention to his word. And so it's apt that we would hear this call and this summons from God today. Pay attention. Listen up. Hear, O Israel. But shortly after that, it becomes clear that this isn't just a problem of inattention, of shortened attention spans. In fact, there's a spiritual issue here that strikes much deeper than just not being able to focus. 
There's a movie that came out a few years ago, not Boss Baby, although my kids wanted me to go back to Boss Baby again today. But it's called Lady Bird. And Lady Bird is kind of a coming-of-age story of this young girl, 17, 18 years old, named Christine. But her nickname is Lady Bird. And Lady Bird, she doesn't want to have anything to do with school, with education. She doesn't have time for it. She'd just as soon get out of school, run away, get away. But what she does do is she studiously observes her hometown. She is studiously looking after and watching the the people and the places, the neighborhoods in which she lives. She lives in in Sacramento, California. And there's this moment in the movie where Lady Bird is meeting with her counselor at her school, who's a nun. She goes to a Catholic school. And she's sitting down, and the nun is talking with her about the, the fact that she's not doing so well in school. And Lady Bird's talking about how she just doesn't care about it. She's not that big on education. But then the, te- the nun says to her, but I, I've noticed in your writings, as you, you write so much, Lady Bird, as you write beautifully about your hometown, I can tell that you really love this place, that you love Sacramento, that you love these people. And Lady Bird says, what? That's news to me. I, I really don't know that I, that I do love them. And in many ways, I've wanted to just get away. But then the nun says to her this, I've noticed that you pay attention. She's like, yeah, I guess I I pay attention. And the nun says, don't you think that they're the same thing? Love and attention? It's an interesting remark. Don't you think that they're the same thing? Love and attention. You know, Jesus says famously, with regard to our money and our finances, he says, where your treasure is, there your what? your heart will be also. I think we might similarly say that with respect to our time, where your attention is, there your heart will be also. Because you notice in Deuteronomy 6, right after God gets the attention of his people, hey, here, listen up, pay attention. The next thing he has to say is, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. I need your attention if you are going to love me fully, God is saying. Because where your attention is, there your heart will be also. God wants our hearts in his hands. He wants our attention to be fixed on him, on his word, and on his gifts. And so he summons us to attend to him. And you know, just as we sometimes do audits of our finances, we have them done to us, hopefully not, But we'll look at our finances and we'll review the ways that we're we're spending our money to try and see that if our our spending is actually lined up with our priorities because we grant that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I wonder, what if we were to do a similar sort of thing and to take an audit of our attention, to look at the ways that we spend our time and spend our days? Where are we paying attention? Is it on God? God's truth, the things that he would have you and me devoted to, or is it on things that do not matter and will not last? Is our attention too often paid and spent on frivolities and unfocused distractions rather than on the Lord? Because there is a bill to be paid. We speak of paying attention. Has that bill been paid in your life? 
But here too is where Christian education can be such a gift. There's many ways to talk about the task of Christian education and formation, our, our growth in faith and our, our growth in understanding God's word. But maybe one way to think about it is this, that Christian education is attending to the Lord who attends to you. Attending to the Lord who attends to you. Our word, attention and attend and attentive, all of those roots, all go back to the same Latin root, attendare, which literally means to stretch toward. To stretch toward. And it's a fitting way to describe our Lord and his ministry, how he operates and how he looks at you and me. He is an attentive and an attending Lord. We saw it in that scene that we read from the gospel where Jesus is gathered around by all of the little ones and their parents and the disciples are seeking to drive them away. He doesn't have time for you, but what does Jesus do? He stretches toward those little ones in order that he might reach them in blessing. And he says, let these little ones come to me. Let them attend to me because such belongs, to such belongs the kingdom of God. Jesus stretches toward them who are stretching toward him the essence of Christian education, attending to the Lord who attends to you. And we see it throughout his ministry as over and over again, Jesus is stretching toward the downtrodden, the marginalized, the the leprous and the lame. He stretches toward those who have not otherwise been touched by anyone. He reaches out to them and applies to them his blessing and his grace. He's stretching toward them ever and always. And on the cross, what do we see Jesus doing? In that moment of his deepest pain and agony, where is his attention? Is it fixed and focused on himself? No, instead it's on others. He's thinking of his mom as he calls out to the Apostle John. He says, son, behold your mother. And he's thinking about you and me. His mind and his attention is fixed on us. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus says, as his hands and his feet are stretched toward the nails. He is the attentive and attending Lord. And so this is the gift of Christian education. It's not just one more task, one more burden or bane, but instead it's attending to the Lord who attends to you, who is shepherding your loves and shaping your hearts to be more like his heart. That's what it is. But how do we do that? How do we actually grow in God's word and become more and more like him? What does that look like? Well, I want to give you an acronym inspired by our reading from Deuteronomy. And this goes back to Looney Tunes. Any Looney Tunes fans out there? In Looney Tunes, they always use the same brand. Uh, Anytime they would have something. Anybody remember what the brand was? Acme. Acme. Exactly. Acme. I see what you've been attending to. Very good. (laughs) Interesting. Okay, ACME. First of all, A, attend. Maybe this goes without saying, and it's kind of in the background of Deuteronomy 6, but if it goes without saying, it doesn't get said. One of the ways, foundational, fundamental ways in which we are attentive to our Lord is actually to attend Bible study to attend Sunday school, to participate, to to be involved in it. The things that we attend, the the stuff that that populates our schedules is in many ways what then takes up our hearts. 
Where your attention is, there your heart will be also. So at the most basic level, the way that we grow in our, our Christian education and formation is simply to attend. Half of life, maybe more, is just showing up. That's the first thing. The second thing, the C in this ACME acronym, is conversation. Conversation. In Deuteronomy 6, God says, Let these words be on your heart. Talk about them when you sit down and when you rise, as you walk along the way. Engage in conversation. And this happens in formal ways, like Sunday school, like Bible study, like confirmation. But it also, and even more so, happens in the informal ways. That formative conversation is so impactful for our faith, especially for the little ones, but really for all of us. Those conversations that you have in the car on the way to school when you're going to visit grandma and grandpa's house. It's the talks that you have around the table at mealtime or before you go down to bed. It's the, the things that you say and that are, you let uh, go from your hearts when you're just sitting on the couch and debriefing and unpacking the day. In the midst of that conversation, education is happening. Formation in God's heart and God's truth. So we've got attend conversation. The M in Acme is memorization. Memorization. God says, bind these words on your hearts, on your hands, as frontlets between your eyes. And some of you may know that later Jews took this quite literally, and they made these things that were called phylacteries. It was a little box that you bound onto your forehead with a, a headband. Don't worry, we're not bringing this back, okay? <laughs> But really, this was uh, taken literally when it was meant to be taken, I think, metaphorically, figuratively, as God's saying, let my word be on your heart, be on your mind at all times. And memorization is the way that we do it. We say that we learn his word by heart, right? You guys know that this is near and dear to my heart. You think of the scriptures that you know or the hymns that you learned as a kid even and how they are still have stuck with you. The psalm says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so we grow in God's word. We are, are sharpened as followers of our Savior through memorization, committing his word to memory. And I'll say this, you're never too old to memorize. You're never too old to memorize. It's not just for a thing for kids, but for grown-ups as well. So A, C, M. And the last one, the E, is environment. Environment. So you attendance, a conversation, memorization, and then environment. And I mean this in two ways. First of all, the environment of the people that you surround yourself with. Right? When I was a kid, we would talk about peer pressure, peer influence. And it's real, but it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's a positive thing, too. You know, the people that you surround yourself with are the folks who help to form your character, to grow in likeness of our Lord. But also, literally, the environment is what you immerse yourself in. So it says in Deuteronomy 6 to uh, write my word on your doorposts. Write my word on your doorposts. I remember when we moved into our house in Spokane, I noticed on the doorpost that the threshold looked like it had been freshly painted, except there was one spot that still had the old paint color on it. And it was about two inches wide and maybe six inches high. I was like, what is that about? Come to find out that the previous owners of the house were Jewish folks. And they had put up what was called a mezuzah. You've heard of this before? And the mezuzah literally means doorposts. It's the Hebrew word for doorposts from this text in Deuteronomy chapter 6. 
It, this little thing, would, a uh, little wooden um, uh, cartridge would hold the scripture. And it would be the scripture of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Well, we don't have to have mezuzahs, but we have Hobby Lobby and Etsy to help us, right? <laughs> you go and get those Bible verses that are, are printed out. You can put it around your house. You have your grandma to help you, right? Your grandma and maybe some of you would do those needle points with the Bible verses. Those are the things that tend to be so formative for us. In our environment, we are immersed in God's word. Remember, Anne's mom would have the, the needle point in the room. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth from Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Or perhaps you have biblical sentiments. We still have the one, the quote from Mother Teresa that says, we can do no great things, only small things with great love. It's a beautiful thing. Surround yourself in your environment with Scripture. And in doing so, our hearts more and more are attuned to the Lord. Listen, thank you for humoring me with just a very practical kind of conclusion here. But I think too often it's just overlooked. Remember that. Acme. Ways in which we are growing in God's word and truth. Which we are being formed in faith. Because ultimately, it's all about attention. Growing in love to our attending Lord, the one who has given himself for you and me, so much so that we can say, in Christ, even this bill of attention has been paid. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to confess our faith.